the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Greetings to you. Grateful to be here on a Tuesday afternoon. It feels as though the holiday week has already begun. What do you think? I'm deep into my to-do list. Oh, very nice. Deep in. Yeah. I want you to know that last night before I went to bed, Mm. I ordered all my groceries. You ordered all your groceries? What do you mean? Because you know what? My good friends at Giant Eagle are going to oh, deliver them to my house this is, evening. That is like super delightful. I feel like I am the hoi polloi. Yeah, you I are do. hoi polloi. That's like, it's sort of like science fiction to me. It is just the crazy. I love it so much. Mm. You know how much it costs? How much? Four ninety five. Oh, that's a bargain of the century. Who? What are you kidding me? Listen, I... Five bucks? And then sweet Missy. Missy's the woman who works at the store and actually does the shopping. Mm-hmm. I, not just for me, obviously. <laughs> she's not my personal shopper. But she's done my grocery shopping several times in the last three months. She's the sweetest thing. Really? Missy. When it's Missy, I'm like, I'm in good hands. Wait a second. How do you know it's Missy? Because uh, you know, you put in your order, and she'll call me, and she'll say, a couple of these things are out of stock. Or we got a sale on something else that's better. You what? interested? That's how good Missy is. Can you tip her? Missy. No, I, there's no way to tip oh, her. Oh, that's a shame. You can tip the person who brings your groceries, but that's a different person. Yeah, but Missy's like, you know, Missy, your quality control I sh- person. I should go in and tip Missy, shouldn't yeah, I? Yeah, I think so. I'm so I mean, glad you brought that up. Because, you know, she's on the front lines. The person who delivers it, very, very powerful, but still. That's a good point, John. Thanks. Yeah. Anyway, so we're thinking about Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, we're thinking about it. Yeah. And we're thinking about what to do and what not to do. Mm-hmm. So we've got an idea. So the intentionality of Thanksgiving Day, right? You've done all this work, all, all this, this work. preparation. All the Missy's shopped my groceries for me. You've slaved over the turkey in the kitchen, your pies, your sides. Mm-hmm. Everyone's assembling. You sit down. You pray. You're ready to eat, but then everyone pulls out their phone because a notifications come up about. <laughs> The Facebook post on the ride home with John and Kathy, and right. I have to see how many people have weighed in. And there might be a football score. Or, or maybe Mike wants to tell me about his fantasy football team. Someone's calling from Nebraska to wish you a, mm-hmm. a happy day. John wants to text me about a segment he's thinking about for the show next week. <laughs> okay, so we're looking at an article. Uh, this is uh, David uh, Leonard, who is uh, the opinion columnist for the New York Times. He says this, turn off your phone for Thanksgiving Day. How about that? Turn it off. Something called a, a tech Shabbat. Mm-hmm. You know about this at all? Mm-hmm. It's a good idea, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. So specifically for Thanksgiving Day. Now, David says that he's done this with his family over certain Saturdays. They've got young children. They shut the phone down. They're intentional before they shut the phone down where they print out what they want to have printed out, whether, you know, things that, you know, homework or whatnot. They've alerted friends and family were not available for the next 24 hours. Right. 
Well, they've just, you know, done the necessary due diligence. So when they do shut their phone off, and the important thing is they put their phone away so they won't be tempted. It's not like I'm going to shut my phone off, but I'm going to keep it in my back pocket. And I'm only going to look at it if it rings. Right. Something that, you know, really there's total distance. And by doing so, now this is <laughs> this is just hearsay because we've not done it ourselves. It opens up lines of communication, relaxation. Right. It allows you to reintroduce yourself to each other again as a family. And not be interrupted by whatever notifications are going to come across your phone. Yep. Whether it's a score of a game, whether it's Mike's fantasy football team, mm, yeah. or whatever John wants to do on the show next week. It's yeah. not going to come across your phone. Yeah. I, I like this. Would the, I guess the question is, would you do it? Oh, yeah. Could you do yes. it? Yes. Easily. On Thanksgiving, no problem. When will you do it? I'll do it this Thursday. Come on. You're laying down the gauntlet? I would. Now, here's the only thing, though. Wait, I take it back. Because what if I need a recipe (laughs) or something? Uh I can't do it. I can't do it Thursday. I can't do it Thursday. Right. Or what if, as Mike makes his first turkey ever... Mike has never cooked a turkey. Ever. Ever. Okay, so we went down to the spring house today. We got ourselves our fresh, beautiful spring house turkeys. It is so... Unbelievable! It's enormous, I and a we gigantic turkey. I know, and I got one that's almost as gigantic. And Mike's weighing in third, but still pretty darn big at nineteen plus pounds. Exactly, and Mike's never cooked a turkey before, so he is open to everyone's suggestions. Yeah. Two choices: he could call the Butterball Hotline, or he could call me. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, Mike, I will tell you, and I'm not sure if I shared this with you before, but last year, I made my first mayonnaise turkey. Mm-hmm. Mayonnaise turkey. So listen, it sounds weird, oh, but I want to tell me. you about yeah, yeah. it. So you start with a whole lot of mayonnaise in a bowl. Okay? Slathered. And you, no, in a bowl. And you add to the mayonnaise chopped fresh sage, chopped fresh thyme. Writing this down. Chopped fresh rosemary. A lot of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Salt and pepper. You mix it all in there. So it's really herby. It's mm-hmm. heavy duty herby, yep. right? It's not like a lot of mayonnaise with a little herb. It's like it has, it's really in there, right? And then you cover the outside of your turkey completely with this mixture okay and the cavity as well you cover the whole thing really then you salt and pepper the outside and then you cover it you've got your celery your carrots whatever on the outside of the turkey and then you put it in the oven now are you using miracle whip mayonnaise or hellman's no No. real mayonnaise real Real thing that sounds amazing i'm telling you was it good it was delicious and it was also pretty it comes out being like a crispy. golden brown, a little crispy. Mm. Yeah. I'd never made it before last year. It was delicious. What prompted you to do the mayonnaise? Because part? I heard someone talking about it in the elevator. Here? In, no, in a different building. <laughs> and I was like, mayonnaise, turkey. Really? I have to look that up. So, of course, I pulled out my phone mm-hmm. and looked it up. And I found this really sweet website called She Wears, something like She Wears Many Hats, I think is her website. And she just tells a story about how she figured out the mayonnaise turkey and how she does it. It's very long. The article's involved. It gives you a lot of tips. It gives you a lot of instructions. I felt good about it, and I did it last year. And so will you repeat that again? I will. Really? I'm doing it again, mayonnaise turkey. All right. Okay. So the the trick is now turn off your phone. Mike, any questions you may have? Yeah, but I don't know if we want to turn off the phone Thursday. I feel like that's a little too big of a risk. Turn Why? the phone off. Thank you. Because what about if I forget I'm making a brand new recipe for sweet potatoes? Who are you going to call? Well, I'm just saying, what if I didn't record it correctly when I moved it to my... I can't because all my recipes are in my app. Right. Okay. Okay. So anyway, Friday. so we're going to do a long holiday weekend here. Thursday, Friday, hopefully you've got that off. You're not working retail or you're in a phone line, phone room. You're working for Amazon somewhere. 
Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. One of those four days, shut the phone off. I'll join you. I will. 24 hours. Now, yesterday we made a... A pledge. A pledge for our gratitude. Three. We did. Did you do your three? I did. Me too. Tim Muehlhoff, who's a professor at Biola University, challenged John and I, and Mike, though Mike was talking to someone else on the phone, so I'm not sure if he actually agreed to weigh in on right. this, to take five minutes each day for a week. And in those five minutes to think about three things in particular that you are grateful for. Did you write them down? Yes. Yeah, me too. I typed them into my iPad. <laughs> la dee da I'm just saying <laughs> that's, Hoi not, just, that's Indeed, another reason yeah. why I can't give up my stupid Okay, thing. so we got a lot of moving parts here. we got the gratitude list. We've got the... Shutting off the phone. Right. And it's going to be hard to record my gratitude list on my iPad while I'm shutting it off. Right. And you get the mayonnaise turkey. All things going together. Yes, All right. Well, that's weekend. just the kickoff of the show. Stick around. we got much more head for the ride home. Uh, John Kessler's with us in a few minutes. Oh, we're going to talk about uh, the things that we take for granted. That's next here on Word FM. Confusing, tedious, worse than a math test. That's how most Americans describe shopping for health insurance. Yes, open enrollment's here again, and you have until December 15th to choose something very expensive that you hope to never use. And if that makes you want to stick a red-hot poker in your eye, call my friends at Marley Financial. Marley's got every plan available in the tri-state, but they also offer some of the most innovative solutions to tackle the high cost of health care. Heard of first-dollar benefits, the most expensive part of a health plan? Well, they're great if you visit the doctor a lot or you take medications. But if you're healthy, why? pay it. A catastrophic plan through Marley may be all you need. Or how about a high deductible plan you can pair with a supercharged HSA? Not all plans qualify, but Marley's do, offering double benefits to cut your out-of-pocket costs in half. So call Marley Financial today at 724-884-1496 for a custom-designed health plan with the coverage you need at a price that's right. 724-884-1496 or online marleyfg.com. Forevermark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination. For your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are. The Forevermark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. 101.5 WORD. God blesses everyone. What's the biggest blessing you can imagine this Christmas season? How about having your mortgage or rent paid for for 2020? It's possible when you enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. You can even enter once a day to increase your opportunities to win. See rules and conditions for details. To our Merry Christmas. God bless us. God bless us. Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes brought to you by Trinity Jewelers. Go to wordfm.com contests. Friday, December 6th, Memorial Park Church presents a special benefit concert with Michael Card. A free event to support the work of EduNations in war-torn Sierra Leone. RSVP now at edunations.org slash benefit concert. In addition to the free concert, don't miss Michael's Hessen Biblical Imagination Workshop, Saturday from 8 to 4, just $35 a ticket. Michael Card, December 6th and 7th. Details at edunations.org slash benefit concert. The day after Thanksgiving, feed your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together for the third year to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack 
Over 1 million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 29th at the Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. We think we'll break last year's record. We know it will be a lot of fun. To register for the event or make a donation, go to amentoaction.org. You don't know what you got till it's gone, right? Yeah, that's the way it is. I miss the sound of my dog tick-tocking across the linoleum floor. Because she was a little she was a little she was a jumpy little thing. Right, and I never really thought about it until I stopped hearing that sound. And I think, oh, my little baby, I miss you. There are so many things that are just the. The part of the fabric of our life, right? Um, here we sit often and watch the sunset as we yeah. do the show. Uh, and there'll be a day that we're not in this room anymore, that this will have passed us by. Or when we start our uh, video production in the next two weeks, when we're going to close <laughs> the curtains and never see it again. That's right. The things that we take for granted. John Kessler is with us. John's the former chair, professor of Division of Applied Theology and Church Ministry at Moody Bible Institute. He's the author of The Radical Pursuit of Rest, Escaping the Productivity Trap, and his newest, Practicing the Present, The Neglected Art of Living in the Now. He wrote a wonderful piece, Things We Take for Granted, at his blog post. John, welcome back to the show. How are you today? I'm good and happy to be with you on this uh, Thanksgiving week. John, I think it's true what you've written about here, that you're not really aware of the things that you take for granted until after you've lost them. That's right. And, you know, Thanksgiving's a time when sometimes we have to really be conscious and some of us even make a list of all the things that we're thankful for. And then once we begin to do that, we we find that there are so many things we just haven't noticed. You know, they're they're it's like the background noise in our lives. I I, I like the example that John used. That's something I noticed something very similar when my dog died last year. That you know, in the evening, as I was lying in bed at night, I realized suddenly that the, I couldn't hear her her breathing. You know, this sort of gentle, quiet breathing that I used to hear when I when I had trouble sleeping and something about it, that gave me comfort. And now all of a sudden it's gone, you know, right. It's uh, so many, there are so many things. I think that's all of the things that uh, uh, we take for granted are like that. And then of course we feel bad about it, which is what sort of prompted me to reflect on it, that we, I, I'm not sure we should feel bad about it. I think that all of those things that we take for granted are a reflection of the goodness of God. It's part of what the theologians call common grace. You know, all of this, this goodness that he pours out so uh, 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 generously that we actually don't notice it. Right. John, uh, earlier, this a- earlier this afternoon, as I was reading your piece and I was sitting in my office, I reached over and I grabbed a pen and I picked it up and I underlined something. And I thought, oh, look, uh, in, in that moment, I had done so many difficult, yeah. sort of very particular, very specific uh, adroit movements. And I'm reading yeah. your piece and you tell a story at the very beginning about the mindfulness of going to visit a friend. Tell us that story. Yeah, I, well, I had a, I had a friend who suffered from a brain tumor that affected her motor control, and 
one day when I was visiting her, I was watching her as she was navigating a set of stairs in her apartment. And she said, I never realized how difficult it was it is to walk down a flight of stairs until I had to think about it. And she didn't, there wasn't, it was no self-pity in the way she said it. She said it with a smile. I mean, she was genuinely surprised at how complicated the process was. And, and of course, I was shocked. You know, I thought, man, I, I never really thought about that. So for the next few days, I I thought, okay, I'm going to, like, I'm going to try to be conscious of this. I want to, I want to try to think about what it's like to take each, each step. And, you know, after a couple of days of trying that, I finally just gave up because I realized that I couldn't think about it. I just walked. You know, I, I couldn't help it, which I think is what she meant when she said that. And that's really the way it is when it comes to the things that we take for granted or the things that are so commonplace that we just don't think about them. And, uh, and actually, you know, it really that comprises, I think, the bulk of the world around us, the sun that rises, you know, the... If the, for most for most of us, many of us, the food that's in the refrigerator, the comfort of our friends, our spouse, you know, being able to walk the dog, or just being able to walk for for many of us. What about the story you told um, about theologian Gilbert Mylander, who talked about moving from Oberlin, Ohio, to Valparaiso, Indiana? He didn't even really like Oberlin, Ohio. Ohio that much. So it wasn't like he was despondent about leaving, but once he left, he realized that there were so many familiar things about it that he kind of missed it. Yeah, Yeah, and and he it's in a wonderful essay that he wrote in First Things. There's a link to it on my website called Creatures of Place and Time. And he said the way he puts it, he says uh, uh, that it doesn't matter whether you like really. find a place desirable or not. After you're there for a while, he says, one walks certain routes, enjoys certain trees, recognizes certain people. We have doctors and dentists, grocery stores and shopping malls, baseball fields and banks, churches and schools. And he says that all of these things become embedded in a pattern of life. And it's the it's that comfortable familiarity of that pattern that we find that we miss. And it's, it's all of a sudden waking up to this blessing that God has given us and and realizing that it was a blessing and we didn't notice it. And, mm. and that's where, you know, I think that's where, on the one hand, we feel a, um, a sense of regret because we didn't notice it. And, and what, you know, what Maylander is describing there is so common. I mean, you can see it all around you. We, you've experienced it. You experienced it when you changed a job, you know, when you when you left one church and went to another, when you got a promotion and went to a new responsibility, that and, and even if you were excited about the thing that you moved to, you suddenly realized that you lost something, that you left something behind. So, you know, I've heard married people who wish for the days they were single, and then people who were suddenly single who were wistful about the days when they were Mary, we everybody has had I yes. think those moments, and that's the only often the only thing that we really recognize about what we miss is that it's so mundane that the only remarkable thing about it is that well all of a sudden now it's gone. It was here a moment ago, and now it's gone. So, John, in some ways, you're talking about the idea of of what they would call mindfulness, right? That I am aware of what is around me. 
I, I take inventory in some way, and it goes much deeper than that. I mean, psychologically, uh, spiritually, physically, I see where I am in the place in the universe and where God has placed me at this particular time. And at Thanksgiving, especially as we reflect upon that day, I am grateful for all those gifts. I mean, uh, many times I'll be standing in my living room and I'll look around me or I'll look out the window at my house and I, I'll think, Gosh, I love this house so much. And then yeah. I think, you know, it's an old house and it's, it was built in the 20s. And I think all the different families and children and all the different conversations that took place in these rooms decades and decades ago, long before I was even born. And then after I'm gone, other families will live here with other children. But at this time, I am so grateful to have this space. And that's important. I mean, that's necessary, isn't it, to, to sort of turn the key into a life of gratitude? Yes, it is. And when you say this is a kind of mindfulness, it is. But I think what I'm talking about here is a very particular, in in a way, a kind of peculiar brand of mindfulness in that it's a a mindfulness that makes us aware of these blessings only after they've disappeared. (laughs) And I think that's the function of them, that, that it's one of the ways, it's sort of a peculiar grace of God where he removes something in order to help us recognize that it was a blessing, you know, that it, that it was a reflection of His goodness. And what we struggle with is when it happens, first of all, when we recognize that we are, have taken something for granted, well, that, then we feel kind of bad about it, and we worry that maybe God has taken it away out of spite. Hmm. But, of course, God's not like that. It, it is—I think God does use losses like this, and I think it's particularly important for us to remember it around the holidays like this, when we become very aware of losses of the friend, you know, parents and loved ones who have gone or friends who have moved away, that God sometimes uses loss to bring past goodness into sharp relief for us. And His aim is not to hurt us, but to provoke us to gratefulness. It is a grace, but it's what I call it, the grace with a bleeding edge, because the gratefulness that we experience feels a lot like regret. And that guilt, again, Gilbert Maylander says it wonderfully. He says, God ties our hearts to particular times, places, and people, and then the same God tears us away from them so that we may learn how to love Him with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. It is part of the pilgrim experience, and this experience of loss, of recognizing what we had and being thankful for it, it's a, with a kind of a blunt force, it reminds us that, like the patriarchs, we are also aliens and strangers on the earth, and that we welcome God's promises from a distance. The terrible love of God. Yeah. Right. We're talking to John Kessler. Uh, John is with us, former chair and professor, Division of Applied Theology and Church Ministry at Moody Bible Institute, newly retired and celebrating. John, does this mean that because you are newly retired that you will be supplying all of the Thanksgiving dinner on Thursday? No, it means I'll be eating all of it. So it has not turned you into a, a chef or someone in charge of domestic affairs? No, no, no. Well, I, I help my wife by doing whatever she tells me to do, but she knows that my capacity is limited. So, so I, as I understand it, I'll be peeling potatoes tomorrow. <laughs> Great. So. I'll be honest with you. That takes so long. That's if you good. came to my house and peeled the potatoes, yeah. I'd be like, yes, Lots please. Lots of gratitude there. Yeah. 
John, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for your thoughtfulness throughout the year. We are grateful for your presence with us monthly. Thank you for you, and have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And you as well. Dr. John Kessler, uh, many excellent works. The neglected, practicing the present, the neglected art of living in the now is his latest work. John Kessler. The day after Thanksgiving feeds your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together for the third year to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack over one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 29th at the Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. We think we'll break last year's record. We know it will be a lot of fun. To register for the event or make a donation, go to amentoaction.org. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy! Friday, December 6th, Memorial Park Church presents a special benefit concert with Michael Card. A free event to support the work of Edu Nations in war-torn Sierra Leone. SVP now at edunations.org slash benefit concert. In addition to the free concert, don't miss Michael's Hessen Biblical Imagination Workshop, Saturday from 8 to 4, just $35 a ticket. Michael Card, December 6th and 7th. Details at edunations.org slash benefit concert. With colder temperatures on the way, keep your car running with Prestone Antifreeze. Only Prestone's superior formula works immediately, protecting your engine from the elements to keep your engine running better. So take on the winter with Prestone today. Every day across western Pennsylvania, tough breaks happen to honest folks. Layoffs happen to single parents. Evictions happen to families with babies. And empty bank accounts happen to hungry people. But thankfully, every day in our community, good people happen to bad things. Your sustaining monthly gift of just $25 doubles the Salvation Army's ability to assist our neighbors battling poverty and help them win. Join the fight for good by texting WordFM to 91999. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Tonight, cloudy and mild, spotty late-night showers, low 45. Cloudy and windy tomorrow with a little rain, high 59. Tomorrow night, winds gradually subsiding. Considerable cloudiness, low 34. Breezy and cold of Thanksgiving Day with clouds and breaks of sun, high 40. Friday, clouds and sunshine, high 42. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. 
course, the uh, Thanksgiving holiday on Thursday. But uh, tomorrow is, for a lot of people, a holiday, which i, I got to be honest, I knew nothing of until you uh, brought this to my attention. Yeah, Drunksgiving. Drunksgiving. Mm-hmm. Mike, have you ever celebrated Drunksgiving? No. Okay. okay. Never so, even heard of it. Uh, so I looked at the um, Urban Dictionary. Can I read you the definition? Yeah. Ho- uh, the dr- Drunksgiving is a holiday that falls the day before Thanksgiving, the biggest bar night of the year where everyone returns to their hometown to get wasted with those that they went to high school with. That sounds like a good time. Often involves seeing people that you didn't like back then and don't care to speak to now, but having an in-depth conversation with them anyway because of the amount of alcohol in your system. No, seriously. <laughs> are people doing that on purpose? This, this is a thing. So if you would do a Google search for Drunksgiving, I mean, there's movies about it. There's apparel. There's numerous articles with pointers, tips on how to prepare, how to engage. I mean, it's a big thing. And it rivals or supersedes St. Patrick's Day and Super Bowl Sunday. As drinking holidays. <laughs> i got to be honest. <laughs> Who knew? I, you know, I, I don't think that, that drinking is wrong. However, I don't drink. It's not for me. It's one of these moments. I'm so glad I don't. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with any of that. Yeah. Uh, I stopped drinking years ago when I tried to take my pants off over my head. Good. I'm so glad that, that was really that sort was of the, the end moment. of it all. You Seriously. That, that was just, true. I realized then I had gone way too far. Yeah. Seriously. I, I it is depressing to me when I look out and I see how every major holiday in some way, shape, or form is dominated by alcohol. What is our dependence on this stuff? Mm, well, I just think, you know, you could go back to the boogeyman, which is the glorification of it by the media. Yeah. So any kid who is, you know, of a certain age, you think they can't wait until that time comes upon them. Right, where and they then when that time, too. Yeah, so when that time does come upon them, you know, it, it becomes a thing. So it's deep in our culture. Okay, how about this deep in our culture? I didn't even tell you guys this today. It's mm. cake day. Cake day. It's cake day. Why is it cake day on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving? I don't know, but it uh, talks about the popularity of cake. It's You know what? Cake wasn't popular in America. Can I start again? Hello. (laughs) She makes her living in radio. The popularity of cake in this country, John, Mm. soared only after World War II. Why is that? When companies like Betty Crocker, Pillsbury, and uh, General Mills began introducing cake mix to the market. Mm. Now, I've got to be honest with you. I've made a lot of cakes. I don't get the need for a cake mix. Making a cake is super easy. It's not. There's nothing complicated about it. A cake mix right. doesn't save you that much time. Oh, that's my question. So how much no. time? I mean, so if you made like, you know, a bottle. The only like thing it- it's saving you is measuring. Because if you get your cake mix, it's got your flour, your salt, your baking soda, your baking powder, I see. Or, and whatever artificial flavorings they've decided to put in it sure. in the box. That's all it has. Right. It's not. It doesn't cook faster. It doesn't. It just saves you from having what to get out your cup measure and your couple teaspoons. Well, maybe because you know, like think about post World War II America, nineteen fifty. Well, because it was engineered, it was better. Right. For sure. Yeah. Mod- the modern right. woman would go and buy a box of, you know, sure, because that's because Duncan Hines. We're on the cutting edge of things that are available yeah. to us that were never available to. The so you may have generation. had cake, you know, once a month. Now you could have cake every day if you wanted right. to. Holy right. smokes! That's not a good thing. <laughs> Believe me, I tried that diet. Well, do you, do you like work. cake? Cake is my favorite dessert. Is it? Oh, not mine. Really? Uh, I mean, I like cake. Oh, my gosh. Your favorite dessert? Oh, my gosh. Really? Favorite? I love it so much. What's your favorite cake, then? Oh, John, it's hard. I mean, I love just a regular... 
No, I would say a carrot cake with cream cheese frosting. Yeah, I don't. I think that's my favorite. That's really? a good one. That's delicious. I'm not cr- crazy. I about love cream cake. cheese frosting. Really, I uh, love it so much. I also love a really good chocolate cake, especially one made with coffee. Really, like a really deep, dark taste. A cho- okay. So is there or how about with raspberries on top of that? Oh, yeah, how can you beat that? Right. How about look? My go-to cake would be the aforementioned. Pineapple upside down cake. That's a delicious cake. It is. How about the Prantles burn almond tort? Very oh, fine. Yeah. Are fine. we all going to turn that aside? Yeah. I don't is think that so. overrated? I no. think it no. might be. It might be a little overrated. No, no, no. Come on. Overrated at all? How about a come red on. velvet cake? Yeah, a red. Ve- how about a red velvet cake with cream cheese frosting? Oh, oh yeah, 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 baby. That mm. is delicious. How about a red velvet cake with pork juice? Pork juice. A oh, friend of ours. No, we're not going to tell. No, we're not going to tell that story. Okay. Pork no. Because <laughs> just, just in case our friend's listening, she's going to say, "Wait, I didn't give you authority to tell that story oh, on the well, radio." It's, it's an anonymous cake no, story. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Really? I don't think we're going to tell it. <laughs> How about this? Wait, angel food cake. Oh, I love an angel food cake. Now, you love- would you put frosting on that? No, no. What would you put on that? Um, I don't know. I'm just strawberries. To- yeah, that's nice. Strawberries and whipped cream. What do you think? Oh, that's that's the way to go. I mean, is, do you like angel food cake, Mike? Love it. That's okay. extra so special. How about, now this is more like a pie, but let's go with the name of it. Cheesecake. Oh, yeah. Love Definitely. a cheesecake. Mm-hmm. How about if we celebrated Thanksgiving, I talked about this a couple days ago, by having a piece of plain cheesecake with cranberry sauce on top? I would be happy to. Why isn't that a thing? I don't know. Why isn't like but cheesecake since... the official cake of Thanksgiving? I feel like I should have gotten a cheesecake now for Thanksgiving. I feel like pumpkin pie is. Yeah, it really pumpkin is. Pumpkin pie is so awesome. Sure is. I mean, so you would always go with pie over cake? Oh, 100%. There's no comparison. Yeah, see, I wouldn't do that. Mike? Really? I'd go with cheesecake. Yeah, cheesecake would trump yeah. everything. But yeah. really, it, it cheesecake isn't a cake, though. It's a pie. Yeah, it's right. really more of a pie. <laughs> it is a pie. It's badly named. Right. It is. But it sure is good. It's really wonderful. Anyway, happy cake day to everybody. Right. So the thing you don't want to mix is drunks giving with cake or pie. <laughs> no, but if you have to pick either drunks giving or cake, I or, just go with the cake. It's safer. Without a doubt. Take a break. Come back. Uh, we're going to talk about the destructive wildfire that we must fight. Carolyn Custis James joins us. It's the ride home here on Word FM. Yes, W-O-R-D. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. The ups and downs of life are not always just happenstance. Sometimes God brings those things into our life for a purpose. That he might strengthen us and make us the kind of people that he can trust and use in the days that are before us. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, When Your World Falls Apart, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 W-O-R-D. Hello. Hi, this is Abraham Sandler from Rock of Ages Messianic Jewish Congregation coming to you from the land of Israel. My wife Sheila and I are on the home stretch of our third trip to God's land. Sheila, we are looking forward to bringing people here so they can spend time with Jesus and his people in his land. What is one of the things that has been a significant experience for you while in Israel? Well, honey, I've really been impacted by the times of worship we've had while at Galilee and other special locations here in Israel. Of course, I'm a bit biased because you're my husband, but when you lead us in singing the praises of Yeshua while here in his land, people have experienced his presence in a special way. 
Thanks, sweetheart. I appreciate your kind words. So, everybody, we invite you to join our tour of Israel scheduled for November of 2020, which will include special times of Messianic worship and Messianic Bible teaching. Pray about joining us. Our tour is forming now. More info at rockofagesmjc.org. That's rockofagesmjc.org. The Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, in the way you love. For all that you are, the Forevermark Tribute Collection, a diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark, beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. I'm not 20 anymore, but I'm not about to let joint pain slow me down. And thanks to advanced biological therapy, I don't have to. At Regenerate Me in Pittsburgh, Advanced Biological Therapy offers the most advanced non-invasive treatment for joint pain. To qualify for the free comprehensive three-week joint study, including first treatment, call 412-851-3811 now. Slow down for joint pain? Not on your life. 412-851-3811. Restrictions apply. Space is limited. Ends December 13th. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville can help protect your vehicle against anything the elements throw at it, like spray-on bedliners to create a permanent lifetime barrier against impact, moisture, and corrosion. Their TST Rust Remedy covers stuff your manufacturer warranty doesn't, like road salt, and fall detail to safeguard your paint job, your tires, your interior against winter's worst damage. And did I mention Extreme now offers custom graphics? Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. I've spent regular time in Southern California, and every time I see a news report about a wildfire there, you know, it's it only lives in my imagination because I've never been to Southern California during a wildfire. Mm-hmm. I've just been there a lot and regularly and have seen videos of the places that I've been. It's terrifying. You see the images and you think, how can that even I be? I can't even get over it. And I can't imagine the terror of recognizing that that's all around you. Right. And it's coming closer it's, right, with each right, minute. Right. And you're reliant on somebody else to do something so that your but whatever you understand as home might survive. Right. It happens quickly. Carolyn Custis, James, is with us. Carolyn Custis is an award-winning writer, the author of numerous books, and has a, a deep and strong ministry. You can look at Carolyn Custis online, carolyncustisjames.com. She wrote a piece called The Destructive Wildfire We Might We Must Fight. But, Carolyn, it's not necessarily about the fires that we've been talking about. Welcome to the show. No, it isn't. It's It's about the crisis we've all been hearing about, the Me Too, Church Too crisis, where we're learning just how epidemic abuse of children and women and and men too um, is both in the wider culture and in the church. So this idea of sex abuse is like the wildfire. I mean, that's the reason that you started your article talking about it. And it's that same feeling where there is something menacing and it is all around you. And a lot of times people are relying on somebody else to rescue them. Right, right. Well, it's, you know, it's I think we all have to engage this because, you know, it it the statistics are frightening. I mean, when you think about it, 
and I actually wrote about this in the article, when you think about the statistics that scare us, like one in eight women are diagnosed with breast cancer or, you know, men are, you know, one in eight men with prostate cancer or one in 17 with lung cancer, you know, I fell in that category. You know, it's it's terrifying. But the statistics for sexual abuse is that it's that one in four women and girls and one in six men and boys are sexually abused by the age of 18. Wow. And so that's the wider culture. Um, for years, I think, you know, we were sort of Pollyannish, at least I was, to think, you know, that did not happen in the church. But as you said, Carolyn, as you joined us, the church is also culpable as well. We are not immune to sexual abuse. No, and the statistics inside the church are no different no, from what's outside it's the terrible. church. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, th- I, I think right now there's, you know, you have many survivors listening to your broadcast. Um, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it's a huge problem. And the way it's been handled, both in the wider culture, I'm, you know, right now I'm thinking we've, we need to clean house ourselves, um, is that when somebody steps forward with an allegation, it's, you know, they're shamed, they're pressured mm-hmm. to forgive, they're, you know, they have to go before a group of men to talk about what happened to them. And organizations, churches and other ministry organizations feel like they can handle this internally when it's when it's a crime. It's a felony, <laughs> you know, and yes. they need to bring they need to bring in they need to bring in an outside investigator. They, you know, no pastor is fully equipped to deal with every kind of problem that's going to come up. And, you know, the, the first response is to believe the person who is raising an allegation. It's, it's a very difficult thing to step forward and say those kinds of things have happened to you. Typically, you know, the, the statistics that we have are of reported incidents, not of all the ones where people have kept silent. Right. Carolyn Custis James is with us. We're talking about sex abuse, particularly sexual abuse in the church. Carolyn, you know, I've been through this, um, and I was not a victim, but I've I've been a member of two different organizations who have dealt with allegations of sex abuse. And it's easy to read news reports and to see how people have done it wrong and to say, oh, my gosh, how could they have screwed that up? You know, I mean, it's just so obvious, blah, blah, blah. But when mm-hmm. you're in it, there are so many difficulties associated with it. And I'm not saying that to give churches who've handled this badly an out or any other organization who's handled it badly and out. I'm just saying that it, it because we have a hard time talking about sex at all, when it comes to sexual abuse, it's just, it's hard for any organization to figure out how best to respond in a way that honors the victim, that honors uh, the fact that we're presuming that someone is innocent until we know they're guilty. Um, it's an It's an area that's very sensitive when it comes to um, how we look at each other, how we look at ourselves. Anyway, there's so much that goes into it. I'm just wondering if you've been involved in organizations that have come up with like an actual game plan or you have advice or you have particular ways that you think we should go about it. Well, I, last uh, two weekends ago, I, um, I taught 
a seminar on confronting me to church to crisis. And I didn't do it by myself. I brought in experts. I mean, it was, it was really a powerful day, like about six hours of, of presentation. But I had um, uh, Dr. Heather, Heather Evans, who is a professional counselor. She deals locally and globally with the abuse of women and girls um, and PTSD. And she team taught with me. And then we brought in three pastors, and two of them are affiliated with an organization called Grace um, that is headed up by Boz Tavijian, who is grandson of Billy Graham. Mm-hmm. And he's an attorney yes. who has prosecuted child abuse cases for years. Yeah, and yeah, and so Jimmy Hinton was a pastor who spoke and who was pulled into the crisis as a pastor when he learned that his own father and pastor was abusing girls in their mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. So and, so what uh, you're saying, Carolyn, is that there are people who have developed strategies. There are certain protocols that you can follow. Absolutely. We just we just need to know who to contact. Absolutely. Okay. And there and there are resources. I mean, I think the first thing uh, anybody has to to recognize when an allegation surfaces is that they're in over their heads. Yeah. And that they need outside you need help. help. You need outside help. That's great. So whenever you hear about the allegation the first time, realize immediately that you're over your head and you need to go outside for help. Yeah. That's yeah. terrific. That, to, that's a great approach. The law, the law enforcement, that's what he did. He, and he said nobody had to tell him he needed to do that. He said it was just common sense that right, he needed right. to go to the police. I think we're at a, at a strange time culturally. The the rise of the hashtag Me Too movement, say what you will, has been a positive thing for people who have suffered sexual abuse. At the same time, the rise of pornography has embedded yeah. th- these images that are so mm-hmm. heinous into the culture from childhood on up. So this collision of the two things, who knows what this is going to look like 5, 10, 20 mm-hmm. years down the line? Mm-hmm. And, and pornography is sexual abuse because those are real people. Those are often trafficked children that are in pornographic images. And so, you know, those who are using pornography are funding the sex trafficking industry. So it's just, you know, it, it circles and circles. And, you know, one of the things that's, that, um, that I talked about in this seminar is the fact that we've had Me Too stories in front of us in our Bibles, and we don't talk mm. about them. Mm-hmm. Such, such and, as? Um, such as Hagar. There you go. Such as Bathsheba. Such as Tamar, David, King David's daughter. And and Esther. We talk about Esther like she was the winner. <laughs> you know, but she... and. When you look at them against the backdrop of their patriarchal culture, these are young girls, because if they haven't had a pregnancy, if they're not married, they're probably 12 or 13 or 14 years old, because under patriarchy, when you hit puberty, you're marriageable and you can start producing. (laughs) And that's, you know, so these were all very young girls and powerless and 
got silenced. And when we when we talk about these stories, we just gloss right over the top of them. And survivors who are in the church hear that because it's the silencing of them too. Carolyn Custis James is with us. We're talking about an important important issue, especially inside the church, and that is sex abuse. Um, Carolyn, we only have a minute or so left. Um, I appreciate the fact that you brought up the fact that the hashtag MeToo movement is an important thing in America, in all of the Western world. But there have been instances of women being abused in particular throughout all of history. Um Carolyn, from your perspective, you've been involved in issues related to men and women working together and learning together. I'm sure you're aware of the difficulties um, with, you know, the the Beth Moore, John MacArthur conversation that's been going around on the, the kind of the Christian blogosphere for the last six weeks. Are you more right. encouraged or more, more discouraged about me, how men and women are working out their roles and communicating together? It's a mix, but I have to tell you that I'm hearing from a lot of young pastors, men, who want to talk about this mm-hmm. and want to work. They know the women they work with are are gifted and wise and smart, and they want to figure out ways of working together better. And I, you know, there's a there's a conversation going on about this and. Um, you know, even Beth Moore has made some really bold statements about, you know, she loves her brothers in, you know, the Southern Baptist uh, denomination, but, you know, that she longs for something better in relationships. And, you know, I think, you know, there's a, we have a lot of rethinking to do in terms of Christians um, looking at our Bibles and saying, what are we teaching girls you know, when we teach them to be silent and submissive, you know, are we defining those terms the way Jesus does, right. you know, or are we turning them into to teaching that puts girls at risk? Yeah, I think, it's um, a, I think it's a wise question. Are we following along with a biblical imperative, or are we trying to hearken back to 1950s America? They're not the same thing. Yeah, yeah. That's Carolyn yeah. Custis-James. She's a speaker and a writer. She's dedicated to addressing the needs that women and men have as they work together in a messy and complicated world. We love Carolyn. Thank you. More to come on today's Ride Home. Everyone gets hungry before the party. Why not give them something worth talking about without lifting a finger? Food. The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease, whatever the occasion. Right now, get their special appetizer package added to your next menu. An inviting selection of hors d'oeuvres starting at $6.95 per person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company. Just good Food. The team at MyPillow is grateful for you this holiday season. So grateful, they have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. His new Giza Dreams bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and he guarantees they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. 
Right now, you can buy one, get one free by calling 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. For a limited time, you can buy one, get one free, plus free shipping. Call 800-391-0954 or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure to use the promo code WORD. The Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forevermark Tribute Collection, a diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark, beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. Join Ireland's own Keith and Kristen Getty, known for In Christ Alone, for their ninth annual Sing, an Irish Christmas tour. Featured on public television, the BBC and TVN, the Gettys are joined by their incredible band, fusing Celtic, Americana, modern, and classical music for a vibrant celebration of the season. Build lifelong memories at Sing, an Irish Christmas. For tickets and information, visit gettymusic.com. Coming to the Benenham Center in Pittsburgh on December 12th, the day after Thanksgiving, Feed Your Soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together for the third year to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack over one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 29th at the Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. We think we'll break last year's record. We know it will be a lot of fun. To register for the event or make a donation, go to amentoaction.org. Years ago, I was um, traveling by myself and had the opportunity to go to Britain and see the crown jewels. Mm. Fabulous. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, just really gorgeous. But Super jealous you got to do that. Well... There's been a jewel heist, which in many ways may surpass the crown yeah, jewels. Yeah, it's really amazing. Um, this is a museum in Dresden, Germany, um, and I'm going to completely butcher its name. The Grunus Gewalbe, sure, which stands for Green Vault. That's okay. the German for Green Vault. Um, at Dresden's Royal Palace is one of the oldest museums in Europe. Yeah. Um, this museum has two sections. One is like a new museum, new, like oh, some yeah, sure. stuff that's like 250 years old or less. Right, right. But there's this particular part that holds historic treasures. It only has 10 rooms, but in these 10 rooms that you have to that you can only access if you have advanced reservations, there are 3,000 items of jewelry and other masterpieces. So it's heavily guarded. It's difficult to get into, and there are only, as I said, a certain number of people allowed in at one time because of the value of the items in there. This building was heavily damaged during the Second World War, but it's been completely restored. Hmm. It opened back in 06, and it's been a tourist magnet since 1724. Wow. That's how long the museum has been not just around, but has been a tourist magnet. That's what when were it tourists first, like in 1724? I don't know, but that's when it first opened to the public. Fascinating. Anyway, this is where this jewel heist happened last week. I can't. So it took place at dawn. Actually, I'm sorry, this week. on No, it was last Monday. Is that right, Mike? I don't have a date on this piece. I'm not sure. I don't think this happened yesterday. I think it was a week ago. I think it was last Monday. News travels slow from Uh, Germany. A fire broke out at an electrical distribution point nearby, 
It deactivated the museum's alarm. It plunged the whole area into darkness. But despite the power cut, there was a surveillance camera that was working and it filmed two men who broke into the green vault at the Royal Palace. And they went and opened one display cabinet in a targeted manner. So they knew what they were doing. They knew how they were going to do it. And they knew what their target was. Officers were at the scene within minutes of being alerted to the robbery. But the suspects were gone with the jewelry. Wow. A burning car was found in Dresden a few hours later. It was probably the getaway vehicle. They set up roadblocks. They've looked, they've disappeared. They've absolutely disappeared. And the amount, like the value of the jewels that they stole sure. cannot even be calculated. They're what? saying it's in the hundreds of millions of dollars, but that doesn't even sum up how vital they are because of their historic value. So if you steal something like that, who gonna, are you going to sell it to? Right. Who? And who's going to look at that and go, that's beautiful. Now that's mine. WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. President Trump pardoned a Thanksgiving turkey and told some impeachment jokes along the way. In a White House tradition going back three decades, the president spared two turkeys from the Thanksgiving table. Today I will issue a pardon to a pair of very handsome birds, butter and his alternate bread. He also joked that the birds were trained to remain calm under any condition. Which will be very important because they've already received subpoenas to appear in Adam Schiff's basement on Thursday. A reference to Congressman Schiff, who is leading the impeachment inquiry for the House Intelligence Committee. The pardoned turkeys will live out their days at a farm in Virginia. Greg Clugston, the White House. On Wall Street, the Dow by 55 points. The Nasdaq rose 15. The S&P advanced 7. Oil up 40 cents to close at $58.41 a barrel. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. Impact Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage. NMLS ID 128231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer not available in Washington. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. Attention homeowners. With a strong housing market, if you bought a home more than a year ago, chances are you have equity in your home. And with one call to Cash Call Mortgage, that equity can mean cash in your pocket. The cash you need for the upcoming holidays, to remodel your home, or just keep in your pocket. The timing to take advantage of your home's equity has never been better. The Fed's just lowered interest rates. So if you have an interest rate higher than 2.99%, give us a call to see if we can lower your monthly mortgage payment and get you the cash you need. At Cash Call Mortgage, we're a direct lender and we can close your refi in as fast as 20 days with no upfront deposit. If you qualify, we'll even pay your closing cost. The holidays are coming fast, so get the extra cash you need now. For a free quote to see if you qualify, call Cash Call Mortgage at 800-990-6947. That's 800-990-6947. 800-990-6947. If you find yourself in an issue with the IRS and they're threatening you or you can't sleep at night, remember this name, Anthem Tax Services. Within two months, they save me $25,000. If you are a small business owner or self-employed and owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call Anthem Tax Services today. 866-255-3658. We have saved millions of dollars in tax debt and our goal is to reduce your tax debt to as little as possible. Call 866-255-3658. 
We are confident enough in our services to offer a 100% money-back guarantee if we can't put you in a better position than where you started. Call for a free consultation, and we'll also take care of your tax case study for free, saving you hundreds of dollars. Call 866-255-3658. Anthem Tax Services, the trusted name in tax resolution. 866-255-3658. 866-255-3658. Rich Engler presents Christmas with Michael W. Smith. The most wonderful time of the year. And Mark Martell. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Christmas with Michael W. Smith and his band. 7 p.m. December 19th at Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley. Tickets available at itickets.com or call 800-965-9324. Welcomed by Word FM. We're surrounded by noise. Bombarded by information. Messages struggling to get attention. So many ways to reach customers. Your message needs to cut through and stand out for the resources and know-how to make it all work. There's Salem Surround. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Tonight, cloudy and mild, spotty late-night showers, low 45. Cloudy and windy tomorrow with a little rain, high 59. Tomorrow night, winds gradually subsiding. Considerable cloudiness, low 34. Breezy and colder for Thanksgiving Day with clouds and breaks of sun, high 40. Friday, clouds and sunshine, high 42. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. A little earlier today, we went down, Kathy and I did, to the uh, Spring House. We uh, had some time with Marsha, and uh, we walked away with turkeys. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Really large ones. Kath, New Mike, and I, we've got our own turkey from the Spring House. John had the biggest turkey because, of course, you know, he had to have that one. 23.5 pounds. 23.5 no, pounds. L- listen, whatever, um, when we go to the Spring House, you know, the biggest turkey that we can find is the one that goes to whoever's hosting the most people. We've done this for years, right? Right, right. So John's hosting the most people, so he got the biggest turkey. Yeah, but that's a lot of turkey. And that my turkey was like one pound less, so what right. does it matter? <laughs> no, it doesn't. That really doesn't matter. Yeah, and, and Mike is going to go out and make his very own first turkey yeah. at 19 pounds, which made us think about the, the Butterball people. Because we thought, since we're considering maybe shutting our phones off on Thanksgiving, if Mike is in a panic, right. you know, if he's which trying I am. to... He, and I, I might not be answering, Mike, and so I feel like I need to refer you to someone who perhaps knows what they're talking yep. about. Okay, yes, so the, the Butterball hotline has been, despite the prevalence of the online mania that we now live in, the Butterball hotline for 38 consecutive years, from November 1st until Christmas Eve, more than 100,000 people annually call the Butterball people to ask for advice. Mm-hmm. So... Um, there's an article in the New York Times that we saw that uh, talks about the comedy gold that centers on mostly the the pitfalls of those those nubile uh, p- uh, b- turkeys that would someday hopefully bring delight to the people sitting around the table, mm-hmm. but because of the um, 
what the Look, ineptitude of the young yeah, cooks. Yeah, and there's a lot of pressure involved. Yeah, especially if maybe it's the first time you've ever cooked a turkey, and you're you feel like you're about to make a gigantic mistake. And let's be honest, you probably are. Right. So the butterball people say the most asked question is on thawing a turkey. Right. Uh, can you thaw? Can you thaw a turkey in the dishwasher? Can you thaw in the dishwasher? People have asked that. Can you thaw a dish <laughs> uh, a turkey under an electric blanket or in the <laughs> In the backyard pool. These are great. One man threw a wrapped turkey in the bathwater with his two children. Here's a classic. A man called in worried about whether his bird would thaw in time. What state is your turkey in, the expert asked, trying to do a little culinary detective work. Florida was the answer. (laughs) There was a woman who wanted to know if she could check the turkey temperature with a fever thermometer. Who used dish soap to wash the turkey, and the newlywed who called in from a closet fearful that her mother-in-law would discover that she did not know how to roast a turkey. The favorite call came in five years ago when a group of uh, people who were fueled by a few holiday cocktails complained that the 21-pound turkey they had just pulled from the oven had barely any meat. So the woman on the other end of the line, the turkey expert, was puzzled, but then she had a moment of what she called divine inspiration Turn the turkey over, she suggested. They had cooked the turkey breast down. Which I've understood from several people is an appropriate strategy Mm -hmm. if you're concerned about the breast meat drying out. Fabulous. However, it does make your turkey really ugly. That's right. Oh, yeah, it sure does. Yeah. So uh, 1981 was the first year of the Butterball turkey line. All right. Now, there have been other people who are, you know, actually sort of coming alongside Mm -hmm. with those turkey lines. Mm -hmm. But the Butterball is the most famous. Okay. They all possess, all the people who answer the phone, some sort of culinary nutritional background. They also have an elaborate database of turkey tips and recipes at their fingertips with links at the ready to send out via text and social media. Okay. So if you don't want to get on the phone, you can also text someone mm-hmm. or you can also do FaceTime someone you know there live with your turkey. So they can see the panic in your eyes. Yeah. And perhaps they might be more emotionally moved to help you. Isn't that funny? I remember the first time I cooked a turkey. It was a Friendsgiving. I was uh, out of college, but just. I see. I was still living in Oakland with six people, and we decided to host a Thanksgiving meal prior to the actual Thanksgiving. And I was in charge of the turkey and did what every person does who's doing it for the first time, is you get it out of the the freezer on Thursday. (laughs) On Thursday? And you think, well, I'll just be able to. Oh, so that's like, you know, so you wanted to thought where? In the bathtub? Exactly. Well, I knew that the electric blanket was a bad idea. I can tell you that. Otherwise, I did. I truly didn't. I had no idea what to do. So my dad, God bless him, drove down to Oakland and just took over and basically said, look, like you've got to run this under cool water for hours to get this thought. Yeah. So that's what we did. I also didn't know that in, in case you're unfamiliar with this, I want to be the first one to tell you that when you go to clean out the inside of the turkey, so all the giblets are in there, but also the neck of the turkey mm-hmm. is in the bottom end of the turkey. Right. So if you're trying to get the neck, trying to figure out where the turkey neck is, it's not where the neck is supposed It's not where it was originally attached. <laughs> Let's put it that way. A little surgery going so on there. So I didn't know that either. Anyway, I was woefully unprepared to do my first Thanksgiving. Right. Well, we have none of those worries because we're not having a frozen turkey. No. We're having a fresh turkey from the spring house. Which we've purchased from the spring house, and Fabulous. we're so grateful for it. But we the Butterball Hotline available for you 
and uh, Mike might be calling. Mm-hmm. Yes. 11,265 calls last year, 3,700 texts, 1,002 live chats, 371 emails. The average call to the Butterball hotline is three minutes and nine seconds. The average time on hold, four minutes, 17 seconds. That is an efficient setup they have going. Very much so. Good for them. Kudos yes. to the Butterball people. So the lesson learned here is if you're thawing a turkey, don't do it Thanksgiving morning. Start now. Mm-hmm. Take a break. Come back. we got lots more ahead. The 5 o'clock edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Uh, we have a brand new segment up next. We, <laughs> we do. Have you ever heard of What Not to Flush? Don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and you have some important decisions to make today. Look, we all know Medicare is confusing, but my friend Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions, and they've got the answers that you're looking for. So before you lock in for another year, just make sure that you're getting the best coverage possible. Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for another year? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year and by how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or drop it altogether? Don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital any doctor you want. A plan that's focused not just on cost, but on quality, with lower deductibles and co-pays little to none. So why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Call 724-884-1496 or visit Marley Financial online today. MarleyFG.com. 101.5 WORD. As he grew up, Jason Romano's anger toward his alcoholic father turned into hatred. On the next Focus on the Family, you'll hear how one phone call resulted in Jason letting go of bitterness and extending true forgiveness to his dad. It's a powerful story of healing from a chaotic childhood next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. I'm not 20 anymore, but I'm not about to let joint pain slow me down. And thanks to advanced biological therapy, I don't have to. At Regenerate Me in Pittsburgh, Advanced Biological Therapy offers the most advanced non-invasive treatment for joint pain. To qualify for the free comprehensive three-week joint study, including first treatment, call 412-851-3811 now. Slow down for joint pain? Not on your life. 412-851-3811. Restrictions apply. Space is limited. Ends December 13th. The day after Thanksgiving, feed your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together for the third year to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack over one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 29th at the Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. We think we'll break last year's record. We know it will be a lot of fun. To register for the event or make a donation, go to amentoaction.org. At the original Mattress Factory, our mattresses and box springs aren't just American-made, they're hometown-made. Our products are hand-built one at a time in local factories, using only the highest quality materials. And each of our employees is also an owner. So when you purchase from the original Mattress Factory, you're not only getting a quality mattress at a factory-direct price, you're also supporting your local economy. Visit an original Mattress Factory location near you to see what hometown-made is all about. Of course, cooking the turkey is one thing. And it's 
obviously important. Right. The meal itself. But around that, around all the event and the celebration of Thanksgiving Day, there are lots of moving parts. Right. And some people have different tasks. Right. Now, in my house, my wife is a superb cook, and I am so fortunate to have that in my life. I was raised by a mother who was fastidious. And so I've taken over that gene that's in me. So in our house, for better or worse, I'm the guy who cleans. Mm. It's just yeah. something that I like. I like, you know, neat and tidy. Right. So trying to, you know, force someone else to, you know, live to my standards, I've just assumed that role. So I'm the cleaner in the house. Sure. However, this time. Yes. This time something went awry. Oh, which brings us to a brand new segment. Time now for What Not to Flush. So there I was over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Mm -hmm. What I do generally when company comes over is, you know, for a bigger holiday, I'll take apart the house. Yeah. Just take everything apart. I'm sorry. The music is awesome. Yeah, go ahead. So from top to bottom, right? Mm -hmm. Everything gets taken down and then mops, buckets, rags, cleaning supplies, all that. I go at it. Now, We've got a really old house, and I've never done this. What I should have done years ago when I bought the house was upgrade the basement and, and installed some, um, some uh, tubs. Some laundry wash- tubs. Laundry tubs. But I've not. Now, so so your, your washer, when it drains, goes right into, into the floor drain? drain? Yeah, okay. yeah. So it necessitates this. When I'm cleaning and I've got a bucket of dirty, dirty water, now please, all the plumbers in the, uh, in the area, don't call, I'll dump that that bucket down the toilet. No, nope, you're not supposed to do that. You what? I guess you're not supposed to do that. Well, I've done it successfully in my house for many a year. I don't know anything about plumbing. Okay, so I went out on Saturday to run a few errands, but in the meantime, I had, you know, mopped the floors and I was, you know, wiping things down and it was toward, towards like sort of the end of my day. So, so how long of a day has this been? I probably started at nine and I was, you know, I went and picked a, one of my sons up around seven. Oh, so that's a long day. You yeah. were doing a lot of cleaning. It's a lot going on. You're pretty tired at this point. Yeah, I was. I was sort of distracted. And, you know, so at the end of the day, I threw a rag in the bucket along with the mop. Like a cleaning rag? Yeah. You know, and so I, I when I got home, I, I rang the, the mop out, took it outside, rinsed it off with the hose and cleaned it up. And then I had this this bucket full of like, dirty water. So I went and I... I emptied the bucket of of, uh, old muddy water into the toilet. But just as I did, I was pouring that in in a flash, and it went down, you know, quickly into the drain of the toilet. I saw the wash rag go into the toilet and then down into the toilet. Oh, my gosh. I saw a flash. There it goes. And I was like, oh, no. That rag I had. Now, which how, was, big, what, how big of a rag are we talking? It was almost half of a towel, <gasps> like a bath towel. You just put that down your toilet. Yeah, you just did that. Mm. It just went right down there, like whoosh, R- right, right down oh there. Oh my gosh! And and, and really <laughs> so bad. then to make matters worse, I panicked, and then I, <laughs> in my panic, I don't know what I was thinking, of course, because I panicked, I flushed the toilet. <laughs> And then to get the rag more firmly ensconced in your plumbing. Yeah. And then I stood there and I was like, "Oh no, what am I going to do? Oh no. Oh no, 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 no." Okay. So I'm thinking, thinking, thinking. I called my friend Dan. 
And the only acceptable thing to oh, do. My Dan. So my friend Dan, our friend Dan, is a contractor. Mm-hmm. God bless people. Oh I mean, if you've got a friend who's a contractor, he's that's like, like he, solid gold. Right. He's like he's like the plumber hotline, like the butterball hotline. Right. Well, like any hotline. If I've got a problem with whatever, I call Dan first. He's like, you know, sort of your therapist. So I called Dan, and Dan was like, uh, it's kind of late in the day. You've got another toilet you can use in the house. And I was like, right. He said, yeah. He said, I'll be over tomorrow morning. Well, sure enough, bright and early, Dan shows up. He takes the toilet, you know, off. Completely. Yeah. And then he gets a coat hanger with some sort of weird clip and goes down into the pipe. The pipe. And sure enough, (gasps) in a matter of minutes, he pulls out that big old red rag. Thank goodness. Oh, my. Thank you. 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 So, where was it? Well, you know, like, I mean, how far down are we talking? Not too far down. I mean, you know, so the 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 the, the toilet base itself has kind of like yeah, all that this weird shape, snaky thing. Yeah, yeah. It was down in there below that. So had I panicked even more so and kept on flushing, I mean, my house is up on a hill. That rag, who knows where that rag? And could you imagine the nightmare of that? Oh my gosh, that is atrocious. I went home last night and I stood there in my bathroom and I looked at that toilet. You know how you look at things like after a tragedy, right. you look at things with fresh eyes. I wanted to kiss that toilet. You were I, mean, like, I was yeah. like, oh gosh. Thank oh you. my. Thank you. Forgive oh, me. I'm so happy. That's just wonderful. So what a terrible story. So that is what not to flush. That, well, that one. Was, okay. What not to flush? Have you ever done anything yeah, like that? I've done, well, no. Not something like that. But before I tell my story, I feel like I should probably open up the phone lines because this would be the perfect opportunity to hear from listeners. Other people have other flushed things down there? Yeah, or some, mm. something that you know good and well you shouldn't have flushed or yeah. you shouldn't flush and they could share it with us now. 800-320-8255. I want to assure you that uh, 10 plus years of programming, we've never done a segment on what not to flush. Well, it's based on real life experience. <laughs> it is. So, and that's why you have to expand your horizons. So you see my pain and my foolishness. Yeah. I'd be interested to know what your pain and your foolishness right. was. 800-320-8255. 800 Has there been a foreign object that you yourself yes, there has been. have fallen prey to and yes, flushed Yes, there down has there? been. I will tell you what the foreign object was. Okay. I went into my bathroom. This was about four years ago. I walked in. There was a dead mouse in my toilet. In the toilet? Dead mouse in my toilet. Yeah. And the reason I laughed when you were talking is my very first inclination was to flush it. Of course. I mean, seriously. The, I saw the dead mouse and I was like, oh my gosh. I would have done the same thing. And I was reaching for, the, and, and it was like an unseen force pulled my hand back. Like, oh my gosh, what are you, are you serious? You're going to flush? Like, that can't be good for your plumbing. No. It was at that, at that moment I saw my cat, Abu. At that moment, who was standing next to, sitting actually, next to the toilet bowl. And I realized, based on his posture and his attitude, mm-hmm. that he had picked up that mouse and put it in the toilet. Very, it's a very neat cat. He, uh, well, clearly he realized that the toilet is where we put things we don't want. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want that, and so that's where he put it. I like it a lot. Okay, so uh, you want to go to the phones? Well, I mean, in our... In our inaugural segment of What Not to Flush. Sure, What Not to Flush. David, uh, thanks for joining us and uh, taking the bait, so to speak. You got a flushing story? I do. Uh, this happened a couple years ago, and it's kind of like a two-part one. <laughs> a couple years ago, uh, and without being too crude, I will say that I was in the process of using the facility. Yes, and good. then 
and then uh, changing my clothes to take a shower, and when I was taking off my sock with the elastic band, mm. it sprang from my hand and into the toilet as I was flushing it. It mm. sprang, yes. <laughs> it sprang, you know, the elastic sure. like a rubber band. Yeah, right. it was propelled. So it's like, you know, it's 11 o'clock at night, of course, so it's one of these, well, what do I do? And I said, well, you know what? I'll flush the toilet a bunch of times. Ex- sure. So I flushed the toilet like 20 times, uh-huh. and... Uh, Nothing ever happened. Good. You know, it didn't plug up. All right, flash forward to maybe about a month or two ago. Uh, our sewer line backed up, uh, backed up into the garage. You know, there's this yucky water, so you call the the guy to come out with the rotor rooter. So he comes out and he's rotor rootering. And I said, oh, I got a funny story. I said a couple years ago, a sock went down the drain. So he pulls the rotor rooter out and mixed in with a bunch of maple tree roots was my sock that went down the drain. (laughs) 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 He he said, I don't know if you want to wear this again. (laughs) Wow. Okay, so that goes to show that out of sight should not be out of mind. Yes, that's very good. Pretty much. You know, that that sock came back to haunt me two years later. <laughs> that is awesome. Thanks, David. Happy Thanksgiving Good to you. David. 800-320-8255. Okay, uh, Mike, um, we're wondering if you yourself, uh, I, I know that you're efforting the phones right now. Um, it's hard to have Mike talk and listen. Yeah, and sorry. We'll have to talk on the air and to talk to bit. listeners, yeah. I guess. So. Okay, Mike, so uh, you yourself, have you, like, okay, so I had a, uh, a large rag. Mm-hmm. Kath had a, a dead mouse. Mm-hmm. David, our caller, had a sock. That sprang. That <laughs> sprang and then came back to haunt him a couple of years later. Mike, you yourself, what, what have you uh, have you had any uh, experience with the drain pipe? Uh, not really, but I did accidentally almost blow up my house by putting something down the toilet. Well, How I so? I can't, can't wait to hear what uh, that was. Well, I, 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 fin- I just finished a Bob Ross painting, <laughs> and um, I had to clean my brushes. It's high art, of course. Of course, you know. <laughs> oh, no. So I... No. Uh, I I cleaned my brushes with you know with uh, paint thinner. Oh no! Yeah. And I I finished up and I and I realized okay where am I going to dump this paint thinner? Mm-hmm. And um, <gasps> right before I dis- I almost dumped it into the toilet, I decided to call my landlord. And very asked good idea. Him, hey, is is this okay? Is this can can I put paint thinner down the down toilet? The, down the toilet. And he flipped out. Oh, and yeah. he absolutely not. You you. Apparently you'll blow up your house. So, <laughs> so I I almost had a uh, yeah the catastrophe a on catastrophe your hands. A, a tragedy. Well, so you, the moral of the story is to ask. Yeah. to ask yes to call yeah. your landlord. Very nice. Yeah. Okay, yeah. let's go to the phones eight hundred three two zero eight two five five. What not to flush? Yeah, that's the segment we're talking about. <laughs> uh, Sarah, you're live with Kath and uh, myself. Uh, what's your story, please? Well, several years ago, I was living in uh, another country in an apartment building, and I went out. I went back to the States on summer vacation, uh, and apparently while I was gone, they decided to add a floor to my building, and they build with concrete over there. So um, when I returned, I found out why you don't rinse and flush concrete, because the sewage of the entire building for the time that I was gone had backed into my apartment. <laughs> You've oh got to be kidding me. gosh. And I was seven months pregnant. So I was not excited to clean that mess. <laughs> wait, so Sarah, wait, 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 you were, back up, back you were up. gone for how long? Uh, a number of weeks. And, and then you came back and walked into your apartment and walked into several weeks of raw sewage. Yes. 
Well, I don't actually know when the plug happened, but it backed up into a bathroom and kind of out into that hallway. Oh, my gosh. And this was because someone who was doing construction had poured concrete down a toilet. Yes. Right. Now, I think it's important that we know what country you were in. <laughs> I was in Egypt. <laughs> she was in Egypt. That is fabulous. So some, some construction worker in Egypt did not realize, like Mike, <laughs> that you don't pour cement down a toilet. Yeah. Whatever happened. Correct. Well, I mean, I guess we, we eventually got the pipes replaced, and uh, we were able to flush again, but it, it was a pretty traumatic homecoming. I bet it She was able to flush again. Was. Thank you for your call. Thanks, Sarah. That's a great story. Really great story. Oh, wow. Happy Thanksgiving. Wow. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, 800-320-8255. What not to flush. Yes. Emma, you're live with us. What's your story, please? Hi. Well, I do not remember this, but I was told by my parents that this happened when I was about one, it was right before I moved out of my house, actually, we were, my, me and my dad were home, my mom was at work, and I was, somehow I got in the bathroom, and I found this really old decoration uh-huh. that I guess was, <laughs> I guess my dad had gotten from a family member, and I put it in the toilet. Mm-hmm. And right as I'm about... To stand up and flush it, my dad comes in the room and, you know, plucks it out, takes me out of the bathroom. And then a couple minutes later, I'm back in the bathroom trying to put the... A different item down the toilet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, you're committed. The allure of it yes, all. Yes, I, I really, really wanted to flush something down our toilet. Mm-hmm. Were you successful? I was not, okay, unfortunately thank enough. You. I'm happy you were thwarted. That's an excellent story. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Emma. That's fascinating. Because there is something that's magical about it, right? I mean, you know, you flush and swirls around. I'm telling around. you, my cat was so pleased with himself that he had put that mouse in that toilet. Yes. The segment is called? What not to flush. 800-320-8255. Let's go back to the phones. Julia, uh, you're live with us. Tell us your story, please. I was in the cleaning business, Uh and I was working for a lady that had a little boy that was very bad. Mm -hmm. So he went into his dad's wallet, got two 20s out, and flushed them. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter whether that plugs the plumbing or not. That's good. That's not what it's about. Two twenties. Oh, okay. 220s. That's Thank you good. for your phone call. Thanks a lot. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Eight hundred three two zero eight two five five. The inaugural episode of What Not to Flush. Yes, I, I think we got time. Do we have time for one well, more? Phone I sure call? would love to hear from one more person. Okay. Who right. are we hearing from? Uh, this is Paul. Paul. One more phone call. Hey, Paul. Thanks for being with us. What's your story, please? Hello, Paul. Paul's moved into stunned silence. Yeah. Hey, Paul. Are you there? He can't believe there's a radio segment called What Not to Flush. I think. Uh, Sorry, I think Paul. we lost them. Okay, okay all right. All right, well, let's go away. Right. What not to flush? It was exciting. I liked it. Yeah, because there is something that's alluring about that, but thank goodness for contractor friends and good plumbers. Every day across western Pennsylvania, tough breaks happen to honest folks. Layoffs happen to single parents, evictions happen to families with babies, and empty bank accounts happen to hungry people. But thankfully, every day in our community, good people happen to bad things. Your sustaining monthly gift of just $25 doubles the Salvation Army's ability to assist our neighbors battling poverty 
and help them win. Join the fight for good by texting Word FM to 91999. Oh, wow! It can't be. Oh, yes, yes, yes! Oh, where have you been? If you snore, the first time you use mute can be quite an experience. <laughs> I can breathe! I can breathe! Snoring can happen when your nose is blocked, forcing you to breathe through your mouth. Mute is a comfortable nasal breathing device designed to increase airflow through the nose by gently opening the airways. <laughs> Thanks to Mute, you get all the air you need through your nose and not your mouth, which means less snoring and more chance of sleep. Oh, that's the best night I've had in years. In trials, 75% of couples reported a reduction in snoring when using Mute. Available at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid and other fine stores. To find your local store or for more information, go to MuteSnoring.com. Mute. Breathe more, snore less, sleep better. Rich Engler presents Christmas with Michael W. Smith. The most wonderful time of the year. And Mark Martell. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Christmas with Michael W. Smith and his band. 7 p.m. December 19th at Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley. Tickets available at itickets.com or call 800-965-9324. Welcomed by Word FM. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville can help protect your vehicle against anything the elements throw at it. Like spray-on bed liners to create a permanent lifetime barrier against impact, moisture, and corrosion. Their TST Rust Remedy covers stuff your manufacturer warranty doesn't, like road salt fall detail to safeguard your paint job, your tires, your interior against winter's worst damage. And did I mention Extreme now offers custom graphics? Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. The day after Thanksgiving, feed your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together for the third year to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack over one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 29th at the Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. We think we'll break last year's record. We know it will be a lot of fun. To register for the event or make a donation, go to amentoaction.org. Tonight, cloudy and mild, spotty late-night showers, low 45. Cloudy and windy tomorrow with a little rain, high 59. Tomorrow night, winds gradually subsiding, considerable cloudiness, low 34. Breezy and colder for Thanksgiving Day with clouds and breaks of sun, high 40. Friday, clouds and sunshine, high 42. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. I'd walk every step of the mile and think it was really worthwhile to see a parade come marching down the line. I don't know a son of a gun who wouldn't be willing to run to see a parade come marching down the line. I don't really like a parade. I love a parade. Do you? Mike, you like a parade? No. No. What? Come on. How can you guys be anti-parade? <laughs> I'm not anti-parade. I'm Wait just a second. saying like... You- in high school, you were a flag girl. I was. I was in the marching mm-hmm. band. Yeah. I did a lot of parades. I was in a marching band. I played the cymbals. 
<laughs> I just like being in the parade. That that was the height of my See, musical but that's talent. The thing being in a parade is more fun than standing. Oh, there. Exactly. super exciting! No, no, no. Standing, I love like a parade. Okay, think about what a parade is. You stand there, and other people walk by you. I don't right. care. It's no, exactly no, no. what it is. It doesn't matter. It's a communal thing, and I know. That, and this is also something that you uh, I've heard that you don't like. Uh, I love a drum and bugle corps. Oh well, I, I love that. That's isn't that exciting to you? Um, it's not. No, see, look. It's not that it's not exciting. <laughs> it's just I. D- <laughs> isn't that exciting? <laughs> Did you know that in the? <laughs> it's my homemade parade. In the early days of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, yeah, they used live animals from the Central Park Zoo. What? Oh, wow! Live animals from Can the Central. You- Try to picture what a disaster that was. No, what, what, this had to be like in the 30s or oh, something, And would they right? put like a leash on a raccoon? Oh, I mean, what, they're not bringing raccoon, like probably a spotted leopard out. These, the uh, Central Park Zoo is long gone, thank goodness. But I can't imagine what that would have that been That would like. be horrible. Can right. you imagine grabbing wild animals and telling them to be in a no, parade? That's a no, horrible no, thing no, to no. do. In 1927, the parade introduced the uh, giant helium-filled balloons. Mm. That we 19, do now. When, 27. Wow, really? That's surprising to me. Me too. You think the technology would not be that advanced. Right. So out of all the parades I would... Now, I, I, from home, watching a parade is it. kind of cool. Yeah. Because you can be on your sofa, you can have brunch. You're the warm. Rose Bowl parade to me is good because that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That people can do that with that many living sticks, twigs, and flowers. <laughs> yeah, right. That's pretty cool. That's right? really cool, yeah, right? Yeah. But the Macy's Day thing, you're just looking at a bunch of balloons no, and then no, no. like CBS shows. Here's the problem with the Macy's uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade. That it's become one long commercial. Right. Instead of them showing the parade, they, you know, have the host there, whoever those people are, some anonymous, you know, whatever. And you, you really don't get to see the parade. Not at all. I do like the musical numbers that they do. I don't. They do a little right down in front of Macy's. Yeah. 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 That's like, like from the Broadway shows and right, whatnot. Right. right. Yeah, sure, sure. I remember being a kid and going to a parade with my Aunt Patsy and my sister Jackie, one of my sisters. And I remember being like really thirsty and going, I'm so thirsty. And, and, and my Aunt Patsy was like, well, you're just going to have to you know, suffer through it because we're not going to leave here anytime soon. So my sister Jackie is a few years older. She said, Here's the solution. When you're thirsty, just swallow your spit. <laughs> and that's what you that remember was, that's when what you I remember. think of a parade. That was good parade See, advice. See, that's why a parade is so dumb. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. that's what you're thinking of. No, no, I no, can no. swallow exactly. my spit. I mean, how about exactly. like, like like the guys walking by selling the balloons? When I was a kid, I wanted nothing more than that. Like to someone to please buy me a parade balloon. Oh, gosh. I never got one. All of a sudden, this is like a Charles Dickens novel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, there's seven kids, so you got to take heck? your shots carefully. You know what I mean? Good grief. <laughs> yeah. I anyway, love a parade. I'm not going to watch the Macy's Day Parade. I am. I'm okay. going to get a parade. Or Macy's Listen, Thanksgiving Day Parade. The, I'm not the doing parade, it. and then you watch the dog show. The oh, dog yeah. show is fun. Oh, it's a blast. The dog show is super fun. And then later that night, you should watch Best in Show. Oh, that's fabulous. Because right. that is a great mock that of the sure dog is. show. Yeah, yeah. Christopher Guest at <laughs> Any, his best. Anyway, we see that it's going to be super windy, apparently, in New York City. Whenever it gets windy, they try to b- bring the balloons down because someone was injured back in 1997. So, you know, it's a little scary having those big, gigantic balloons flying around. So no balloons? Maybe. They'll make a call, I think. What if, like if the there's no before. balloons and why are, we, why are we even looking at it? I don't know. I don't know. Just right. going to watch the, you know, the marching Another bands go by. Another reason for me to forget about it. All right. It. I love a parade. Take a break. Come back. we got lots more ahead. Well, not a lot more. but A lot. Hugh Ross is next. Oh, that's right. Fabulous, Hugh Ross. We're going to talk about time. Whose side is time, is on, uh, whose side is time on? 101.5 WORD. Oh. 
The most important thing to know about the Bible is that it all points to Jesus. Every book, every chapter, every picture, every prophecy, it all points to Jesus. Join us this week on Through the Bible as we begin a new study in the book of Hebrews. Together, we'll discover all the shadows of Christ as they're hidden in the Old Testament, but now are revealed to us in the New Testament in light of the soon return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Hello. Hi, this is Abraham Sandler from Rock of Ages Messianic Jewish Congregation coming to you from the land of Israel. My wife Sheila and I are on the home stretch of our third trip to God's land. Sheila, we are looking forward to bringing people here so they can spend time with Jesus and his people in his land. What is one of the things that has been a significant experience for you while in Israel? Well, honey, I've really been impacted by the times of worship we've had while at Galilee and other special locations here in Israel. Of course, I'm a bit biased because you're my husband, but when you lead us in singing the praises of Yeshua while here in His land, people have experienced His presence in a special way. Thanks, sweetheart. I appreciate your kind words. So, everybody, we invite you to join our tour of Israel scheduled for November of 2020, which will include special times of Messianic worship and Messianic Bible teaching. Pray about joining us. Our tour is forming now. More info at rockofagesmjc.org. That's rockofagesmjc.org. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from The Spring House. You have a special event coming up in your life, a shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods, then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm fresh catering from the Springhouse. An official message from Medicare. It's open enrollment, Fred. Time to compare plans. Oh, Alice, we're fine with what we have. Well, that's what the Johnsons thought until they tried Medicare's new plan finder. The Johnsons, huh? We saved on our prescription costs. And got extra benefits. Come on, Fred. Maybe we'll find something better. Plans change every year. Use the new Plan Finder at Medicare.gov to compare health and drug plans. Open enrollment ends December 7th. What do you know? Comparing plans really pays. Time. It's weird, isn't it? Well, it's immovable for us. Everything that we understand, everything that we look forward to or look back on is time-related. Right. It goes fast, it goes slow, or so we think. And so trying to imagine or come to grips with the idea that God is outside of time, it, like I, can, I can't get there. Right. It's one of those things people say, whenever I get to heaven, I'm going to ask X. I don't know if I'll be able to ask questions, but... That that whole time thing, 
that'll just be mystifying, and I'd like to see what that's all about. Hugh Ross is with us. Hugh is an astronomer, a best-selling author. He travels the globe speaking on the compatibility of advancing scientific discoveries with the timeless truths of Christianity. His organization, Reasons to Believe, is dedicated to demonstrating via a variety of resources and events that science and biblical faith are allies and not enemies. Hugh, welcome back. Well, thank you. So everything in our lives, Hugh, as I said, is bounded by time. I can't even imagine a reality in which that wasn't the case. But we also recognize that God is a being, he's different than us. And so he is outside of time. Um, And so that means that he is trans-dimensional? Well, everything in the universe, including us, is constrained not just to a dimension of time, but a single dimension of time where time cannot be stopped or reversed. So, yeah, we are constrained, but in physics, we've got space-time theorems that prove as long as the universe expands over its history, which is crucial for life to possibly exist in the universe, with that one condition, we can prove that time was created at the beginning of the universe, which implies there must be an agent beyond time that created the time dimension of our universe. And this is what I found unique when I was looking at the different holy books of the religions of the world in my late teenage years, is that the Bible was the only holy book I picked up that talked about God's activities in ways that can't be constrained to a single dimension of time, that require a minimum of at least the equivalent of two dimensions of time. And uh, that's what really got me interested in Christianity, seeing all these other holy books basically putting God in a four-dimensional box. But the Bible stood alone in describing attributes of God that couldn't possibly fit into four space-time dimensions, which led me to the conclusion that of all the world's holy books, the Bible alone had the possibility of coming from a being that actually created the space-time dimensions of our universe. Hugh, that's fascinating. I've heard a lot of people's testimonies, but never have I heard someone think of, thinking about coming to Christ because of time. Well, I mean, you have in the Bible things like God describing himself as a triune being, three persons, but only one essence, one purpose, one mind, one plan. And uh, I wrote a book called Beyond the Cosmos explaining why that can't possibly fit into four space-time dimensions. And then you've got God saying that he grants all of us humans free choice. And he's going to hold us responsible for our choices. And yet at the same time, he declares that before he created the universe, he predetermined all of our actions, all of our words, and all of our thoughts. And again, you're not going to explain that in one time dimension, three space dimensions. But one thing I share in a chapter in Beyond the Cosmos, if you allow God to move and operate, in the equivalent of three dimensions of time, rather than just one dimension of time, you could have human free choice, unrestrained, simultaneously operating with God predetermining everything before he creates the universe. Incidentally, my three suggested resolutions may all be incorrect. I'm just simply saying, if you allow God to be as big as what the physics now proves he must be, there are ways to reconcile divine predestination, and human free choice. 
It's just not going to happen in one time dimension. Okay, so if, if that can't happen, and I recognize, see the, the logic in that, in one time dimension, what are the other two time dimensions? Well, I, okay, what I do in Beyond the Cosmos is basically show you that the extra time dimensions operate the same way extra space dimensions do. So, for example, uh, my sons, when they were three and a half, asked me the question, how can God listen to the prayers of every human being if everybody's praying at the same time? And I said, well, here's the timeline of our universe. And I kind of showed them a timeline on a plane of paper. But I said, if God can operate in two dimensions of time, he can move and operate on an infinite number of timelines running in an infinite number of directions in a plane of time. And in fact, he can operate on a timeline infinitely long that never crosses or touches mm-hmm. our timeline. As such, he would have no beginning, no ending, and be uncreated. A statement amongst the world's holy books that's unique to the Bible. And if you were to have a timeline that was perpendicular to the timeline of the universe, mm-hmm. and that t- perpendicular timeline, he can spend infinite time listening to seven and a half billion prayers all spoken at one instant in time. And at least for my sons and their three and a half, they said, we get it. Uh, In fact, part of what I put in the book is why children seem to have an easier time understanding this than adults. Hmm. Okay, so what's the answer to that? Why why were your sons able to say, oh yeah, I get it? Well, my wife says I'm a compulsive uh, experimenter. When our sons were, you know, two, three, four months of age, I discovered that they couldn't tell the difference between a two-dimensional cutout of one of their three-dimensional toys. But by the time they reached five or six months, I couldn't fool them anymore, which showed me that their brains were born thinking in two spatial dimensions, but when they come out of the womb, they transition to three-dimensional spatial thinking, and therefore, at three and a half, they're only about three years removed from that transition. Uh, whereas somebody who's 50 years of age, they've been in a three-dimensional rut for 49 and a half years, mm. and therefore it's more challenging for them to think about the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth uh, dimensions of space and time. Well, that's fascinating. So then, Hugh, as we move beyond the womb to our 50, 60, 70, 80 years and beyond, and then one day we pass and we're with our Savior in heaven— what might that look like? I mean, how do the four dimensions, what might we be engaging with? Well, what I write in Beyond the Cosmos is that from God's perspective, he must restrain us to a single dimension of time that can't be stopped or reversed in order to eradicate evil in a relatively short period of time. Hmm. But once evil no longer is an issue, then God can deliver us from linear time into geometric time. Because one of the things I thought about when I gave my life to Jesus Christ is, you know, when I get to heaven, how many millions of years am I going to have to wait to get a private office appointment with the Apostle Paul? Yeah. And I realized since my name is close to the end of the alphabet, (laughs) it could easily be 30 million years. But now I realize that when we enter into the new creation— It tells us in uh, Revelation, there will be no families there. There will be no marriages there. None of that will be necessary. 
because we're no longer going to be constrained to linear time. God's going to put us in geometric time, where we're going to be able to have continual, simultaneous, intimate relationships with every individual that's in the new creation. In other words, God's going to grant the Apostle Paul the capability of taking a billion simultaneous private one-on-one appointments. Impossible in one time dimension, but easy in two or more dimensions of time. And you know, with evil no longer an issue, God can allow us to experience intimacy and love in multiple time dimensions, not just one, which I think is some basis for what you see in 1 Corinthians 2.9. No one here can think or imagine how great and wonderful relationship mm-hmm. and love will be in the new creation. But at least in my book, I give you a hint. Dr. Hugh Ross is an astronomer and best-selling author. His organization, Reasons to Believe, is dedicated to demonstrating via a variety of resources and events that science and biblical faith are allies, not enemies. So, Hugh, that's something that is completely outside my capacity to imagine. But as you said, that passage from Second Corinthians—that's exactly what it says: is no, no one, had, no, no mind can conceive. What well, it says will be no like. man can conceive, but you also got the same Apostle Paul exhorting us, do everything you can to think and imagine our great and wonderful being. He asks us to do that on a daily basis. So even though it's impossible, as a pastor, I encourage people, do the best you can and realize whatever you come up with, it's even better than that. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why I wrote Beyond the Cosmos. It's the best that I can do. And I have to be content, you know what, that's just a little sliver of what it's really going to be like. But at least it gives you an idea of some of what you can look forward to in a new creation. Yeah. I mean, just, just imagining having relationships at that level. Like when I do a marriage, I tell the young man and the young woman, today you're committing yourself to say yes to one person and no to the rest of the human race. It's the only way you can experience the intimacy the marriage that God intends you. But if you're in multiple dimensions of time, there's no longer a need for that restriction. But first, God has to eradicate evil. That's the purpose of this four-dimensional universe. It's a platform in which God efficiently eradicates evil. And that, to me, is another unique feature of Christianity. As I looked at all these other religions, they're single creation models. Whereas Christianity, it's a two-creation model. One creation to eradicate evil and suffering, the second creation, the new creation, where evil and suffering will never exist again, and it's a place where we're no longer going to be constrained by thermodynamics, gravity, electromagnetism, and four space-time dimensions. We're going to be delivered from all that, and consequently be able to experience love like we can't even imagine here in this universe. Wow. That's Dr. Hugh Ross, astronomer, best-selling author. Listen, if you've never read a book by Hugh Ross, I can recommend just a couple. Navigating Genesis, uh, The Creator in the Cosmos, How the Latest Scientific Discoveries Reveal God, um, Always Be Ready, A Call to Adventurous Faith. What about Lights in the Sky and Little Green Men? Fabulous. I mean, Hugh, it's always know, a pleasure. A Matter of Days. Thanks so much. Super exciting to think what awaits us. Just really wonderful. Hugh Ross, Reasons to Believe. As mothers and
and caregivers, we tend to put others before ourselves. Former Texas Governor Ann Richards once said, if you think taking care of yourself is selfish, change your mind. In planning for your retirement, it's important to pay yourself first. Women have unique needs as investors. They generally live longer than men and have less saved. Kurt Kenotic and the team at Accurate Solutions Group have developed a complimentary guide to help women achieve financial independence called 10 Tips to Help Empower Women Investors. This guide addresses the reasons every woman should have a financial plan of her own. For your copy of this guide from Accurate Solutions Group, call or text TIPS to 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Don't put others' retirement plans before your own. Take the first step toward your financial independence today. Call or text TIPS to 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Join Ireland's own Keith and Kristen Getty, known for In Christ Alone, for their ninth annual Sing, an Irish Christmas tour. Featured on public television, the BBC and TVN, the Gettys are joined by their incredible band, fusing Celtic, Americana, modern, and classical music for a vibrant celebration of the season. Build lifelong memories at Sing, an Irish Christmas. For tickets and information, visit gettymusic.com slash Christmas. Coming to the Benenham Center in Pittsburgh on December 12th. I'm not 20 anymore, but I'm not about to let joint pain slow me down. And thanks to advanced biological therapy, I don't have to. At Regenerate Me in Pittsburgh, Advanced Biological Therapy offers the most advanced non-invasive treatment for joint pain. To qualify for the free comprehensive three-week joint study, including first treatment, call 412-851-3811 now. Slow down for joint pain? Not on your life. 412-851-3811. Restrictions apply. Space is limited. Ends December 13th. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. With colder temperatures on the way, keep your car running with Prestone Antifreeze. Only Prestone's superior formula works immediately, protecting your engine from the elements to keep your engine running better. So take on the winter with Prestone today. Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. For nearly 40 years, Central Christian Academy in Houston is where pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to become top of the class. Learn more at ccaschool.com. Man, is that fabulous? Huh? That's happy birthday to Tina Turner. Holy smokes. Nobody brought it like Tina Turner. Man. Good grief. How old do you think Tina Turner is today, John? Tina Turner's pretty old. She's been around a long, long time. Uh, if I'm guessing, I mean, I don't want to diss Tina Turner, but I'd say she's 81. 80. Today she's 80 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fabulous. I mean, holy smokes. Uh, Tina Turner. 
Do you ever had, read about her? I mean, obviously she's famous for her legs. Yeah. But she had the greatest teeth I ever saw in my whole life. She had the greatest rhythm. Oh, my gosh. I mean, when, when she was performing with Ike... Ike and Tina Turner, that band. See, I never, oh, that man. was, I never, I don't even know any of that. 60s. Yeah, I don't know any of that. I mean, like maybe mid 60s to early 70s, Ike and Tina Turner, you would see them regularly. And Tina, or Ike Turner. Talk about hashtag me too. Oh my gosh. I mean, he was so brutal. He abused her within an inch of her life often. Finally, they got divorced and then she exploded on the world stage. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you look at Tina Turner like in the 80s. What's the big song? Uh, What's love got to do with it? Right. I'm glad. You, good job. Right. Thinking of that. I mean, that song that that was a worldwide hit, and anybody who didn't know Tina Turner before that certainly knew her after that. And then all these retrospectives and all these tours, just an amazing, amazing yeah. ball of energy. Wow, For what sure. a performer! Eighty years old. Also, Rich Little. You remember him? Sure, I remember, remember Rich he Little. He used to do like impressions. incredible impressions. Really, uh, yeah, he was. Rich Rich Little was totally a major impressive. star. I mean, you know, you think about Richard Nixon. You know, he he made his he, career around that, right? And of course, he was a mainstay of all the um, game shows, right? Right. Hollywood Square. I remember being a really little kid and seeing him on the Tonight Show, yeah, or the Mike Douglas Show, sure, yeah, or one of those big big star, Rich mm-hmm. Little. And How old do you think he is? He's probably eighty. I would say eighty-two. Eighty-one. Okay. Nice job. <laughs> Have a great night. The ride home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.